1: To building and protecting your business worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you David Taylor welcome to building and protecting your business worth podcast david thank you for taking some time with us i really appreciate it hi tom i've been looking forward to this so i'm ready to go well let me i'll tell the audience i met david because uh, a frequent guest brian kerrigan uh, works with david um And uh, they do some very, um, uh, very great creative tax planning for business owners. And we're going to talk about it today. I know, David, that you kind of go into the deep areas of taxation and creativity of saving taxation to businesses. And we're going to talk about that and learn a little bit about it. Um, But here's what I'd like to ask you. I work with a lot of firms over the last 54 years or so, a lot of it, and I, I noticed that periodically, firms have a different slant on the way they they plan. So can you kind of tell us the difference between what your firm uh, does on an approach to tax planning versus other traditional firms?
2: Yes, uh, that's a good question, Tom. So I, in my experience, in our experience, most law firms, and particularly tax law firms, um, sort of take an a la carte approach to to tax planning for their clients. Their their clients might call and and present a particular issue. Um, then the law firm addresses the issue, what have you. We we tend to be more a little bit more proactive um, and and work with our clients um, and, and focus on the the tax mitigation from a from a holistic standpoint. Um, so that is. Um, I think that's one thing that stands out for us is uh, is the approach of, you know, the clients. Tom, they don't really care necessarily what you pull out of your toolkit to uh, to mitigate the tax. That the clients have the tax, and uh, I'm a business guy. You're a business guy. Um, you know, at the at the end of a business transaction, be it a, a calendar year or a particular transaction, if I'm buying or selling an asset like a business, you know, there's a there's a pretty he- hefty friction that goes along um, with those activities called a tax. So our law firm try, we we, we try to focus on efficiencies of business deals. And, um, you know, there's all kinds of friction when you are involved in a business deal, uh, professional fees, that's one friction. Um, anything that's making your yield be, be lower, um, we call a friction. So our law firm focuses on having maximum efficiency for our clients in in any of their endeavors. The biggest line item usually is the tax. And so if we are able to, as part of our efficiency um, implementation, if we're able to reduce or sometimes fully eliminate that tax burden, it increases the yield for our clients um, just by multiples. Um, So it's a very, it's a very fun area to, to practice in and certainly impactful for our clients.
1: And I understand what you're saying, because I've been a planning firm for years and always took a holistic approach that it's not just particularly one item that's bothering them. It's a bunch of other items that they may not even be aware of. And you're not going to uncover that unless you do some planning. Where I've um, I've seen law firms handle one item at a time and leave an array of things out in the planning, which doesn't make it a plan. And I'll give you an example, David, um, and how I can appreciate what you do. Um, I've worked with firms where we've done estate plans together, and the law firm never brought up the liquidity of the estate and how to pay for that. They just assumed it was going to be paid for. Where being uh, an insurance guy planner, I always felt they should be talking about Insurance more to have liquidity in the estate, which is the greatest asset they could have, is tax-free dollars. Um, And I like the fact that you take these items and go deep and start opening up a full plan. So you know, when David and I talk about planning, we're not just talking about two or three items and you're out of there after an hour. Uh, He goes deep and he finds out more. He probably finds out probably more about your business than you even know. Um, and that's a nice approach.
2: It's a labor-intensive approach, but it's a great approach. Yeah, and it's it's very fulfilling actually. To um, we, I approach everything. We approach everything as if it were our own. So any planning I might suggest for for you or any client is I'm approaching as as if it is me or my family. Um, and, and to do that, to be that, that thorough and thoughtful <clears throat> um, requires intimately knowing what's going on for your clients. Plus, idea. it avails you to to, to, to to understanding and seeing opportunities that might not be patently obvious at the beginning, Tom. So spending a little time and making sure you see, have a full vision on everything that, that your client um, or, or his or her family is uh, facing is, is just part of the, uh, the approach yeah and, and
1: and you 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 can't get there unless you go deep with good questions and find out more about it i what i like about your firm um as opposed to some other firms is you your your primary authority of what you base your planning techniques on is very pure i've seen a lot of attorneys and a lot of law firms build a whole program around private letter ruling and I always say to them are you going to make your client famous in tax court but you stay away from that I you you do it with established law can you tell us a little bit about why you do that and how it works out for
2: you oh yeah yeah very near and dear to my heart so almost every transaction well I'll say every transaction that we utilize in our practice in our firm for our clients is all based on primary authority those are you know tax court cases um, those are internal revenue code sections. Those are treasury regulations, IRS publications. I want to, I want to know what we are suggesting and implementing for our clients, um, is based on authority that if honestly, if we're ever, uh, in a review and need to explain it to a taxing agency, I just pull out the authority and point and say, this is, this is why, this is how, this is, this is what we're doing here. Um, that's such a solid foundation. Um, if you can utilize primary authority and use it in ways that is uh, that are super impactful, um, it's the it's the holy grail. It's the is having your cake and eat it too. It's the best of all worlds. I can literally mitigate a tax friction or burden down to single digits or zero um, and do so with, you know, pointing to a court case. Are pointing to an Internal Revenue Code or even the IRS's instructions. Uh, that is to to us very very impactful. That allows us to be uh, uh, to 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 gain some really uh, some good results for our clients, but also take a conservative approach in how we get there.
1: Yeah, and you know I don't I I highlight that because unfortunately there are firms out there that um, are very convincing in the planning area, but it's not really based on. A lot of strong authority, and I know David takes a very conservative uh, approach to it. David, you use the firm. We are
2: aggressive in results, but conservative in approach. Let's talk about that phrase. Yeah, I've been saying that for a long time because it's the heartbeat of uh, what we do around here. So people think, "Hey, if um, hey you're an aggressive lawyer, you're an aggressive tax um, planner or advisor," and uh, what they mean is our our results for our clients are are very very good um so a zero is a an aggressive result right any zero friction environment business or otherwise is the, the best you can do economically but i think the brain and in the general um the general out view or uh outlook on that is that you have to be aggressive in approach and how you get to that zero or very low tax friction it couldn't be farther from the truth we actually take more as much pride in our conservative ap- approach than th- that that we do in our aggressive results so if I can get a client down into a low tax friction environment which is the result but also be more conservative in how we get there the approach than if he or she or, or they did nothing or did the traditional um, way of, of business um then then i think that that is the the best win so um our goal is to get as low as possible on the tax but be as uh, conservative in the approach as possible i mean i like to for our clients you know after our transactions they're they're more certain of the outcome than they would be if they had done the the transaction not less certain i guess tom another way i would say it is approach and results are, are mutually exclusive you can you can have uh, you can have the best of both sides of those. They're, they're, they don't have to follow the same uh, the same path. It, yeah, and I I think most business
1: owners, you know, they they they've been around a long time, and they at the end of the day, they don't want to be famous in tax court. They want to pay their fair share. But if they are convinced that what you're doing is off, there's authority, it's conservative things that, that they've seen, they've heard. Uh, twist to them, creativity in that area. I think they feel more comfortable and obviously are willing to work with you uh, over a longer period of time. Um, you know, I, I, one of the things I know you do traditional law firm, uh, I'm sorry, traditional work as a law firm, but one of the things that we talk about quite a bit uh, in our conversation, is your capital tax mitigation services. David, could you expound a little bit more on that and take
2: may take it apart a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, the traditional practice of law is a client calls you with a problem and you solve the problem and that's that. It's really a la carte focused. And um, our firm, we have uh, two main, more than this, but two main tax mitigation services. One is capital tax mitigation and the other is annual tax mitigation. Uh, capital tax means you're selling an asset. Um, that doesn't happen on a recurring basis necessarily. Some sort of some clients it does, but, you know, and an mergers and acquisitions, M&A, uh, Tom, so someone is selling their business, they're exiting their business, and that's a big deal for clients or they're selling a commercial piece of real estate or what have you. But there's a there's an exit from an asset position, and that usually uh, results in a taxable event. Mm-hmm. Um, we if we can get involved with our clients and implement structure Based on that primary authority that we talked about earlier, um, we we are, are we can mitigate that that capital tax um, down into some really really compelling results. So that's our capital tax mitigation program, and again, we uh, we're we're really really happy and um, and um, and comfortable with the transactional techniques that we've developed over a couple of decades now or more of uh, of planning here in our firm. The annual tax mitigation is what it sounds like. It's uh, it's what you and I and most people listening to this incur. It's a calendar year, calendar tax year, ordinary income um, from operations type of tax. It's what CPAs do for their clients. Uh, They they a good CPA will come in, not only do the return preparation, but also advise a client throughout the tax year, throughout the the current tax year um, of what they might do which has the result of, of minimizing the tax and maximizing their yield. We join collaboratively in that effort with the CPA um, through our annual tax mitigation services. Um, usually, the other practitioners have what you know what we call tier one and sometimes tier two type annual tax mitigation advice. You know, tier one would be uh, retirement planning and the like. Um, so, so tier, tier one would be things that, that planners should be offering their, their clients on an annual basis. Uh, tier two, I like to say tier two is a little more complex, a little more sophisticated, but you can still Google it and find out what the terms are. Um, you know, things like maybe um, some alternative insurance coverages or, um, you know, um, you know th- th- things like that. Maybe some, um, some non-qualified planning. Um, things that can reduce your annual tax burden. But again, you know, it's not completely uh, you there's there's information out there that you can find. Then there's tier three annual tax mitigation. These are all my terms. But tier three is you're not going to find any information on it at all. I mean, it is it is so bespoke and custom to the situation um, that um, but it's also the most impactful. So after tier one and tier two are sort of exhausted, our firm comes in and, and we utilize tier three stuff, um, which, which allows us to, to mitigate annual taxes. I mean, our experience is those annual taxes are mitigated down at least by half, sometimes as much as two thirds on an annual basis. And that really has a compounding effect. I mean, if you're if you're making three million dollars of taxable income a year and all of a sudden someone shows you how to turn that into a million of taxable income, well, that's two million of taxable income and ordinary income tax rates. That you're saving for your company every year that compounds. So that's that's really exciting stuff um, as far as we're concerned.
1: And that's where you meant the multi, it increases the multiples because now you have more profitability because you're not paying th- those taxes. Um, Dave, here's a question: uh, People that are listening, when uh, we get to tier three, uh, when should someone have a discussion with you about a potential? tax problem coming down the road when does the timing of that start
2: great question if it's capital um, tax meaning you're you're selling an asset you're exiting an asset position as soon as possible um, when you think you might sell um, we can implement things now for an asset that you might exit a few years from now as a matter of fact it works very well on the annual tax side when we do that to be honest with you tom but as soon as possible Certainly before the transactional uh, exit. Um, it, definitely before. After the transaction of, uh, is done, in other words, you sold the asset, our, our ability to help you mitigate that tax is severely narrowed. Yeah, that's capital tax. For the annual tax, um, honestly, you know, August, um, as early as possible in the tax year. But once you get into August, September, even now when we're recording this month this month of October, it starts to get really, really difficult for the current tax year to mitigate. So, um, as soon as possible in the tax year, but certainly, I think second quarter. Once you get, or excuse me, third quarter. Once you get into fourth quarter, it's really, really hard to do. We just don't have enough time in right. the year, and that that doesn't mean time that we're too busy. That means time for our um, for our structure to to do what it's supposed to do. Understood. And
1: and also, it it takes into consideration business owners that do have a paradigm of a time where they're growing their business, but they know in five years, my son is groomed to take over. I'm out of here. I'm going to play golf. They should probably be talking to you now, David, huh?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we haven't even gotten into the transfer tax mitigation um, and asset protection things that we do around here. But we do take a a very integrated approach, Tom. So, uh, you won't see me doing an income tax planning, mitigation, transaction and that's it. Um number one, the clients need more than that. You know, once you're doing a transaction that that has a, an impact mit- to mitigate your income tax burden, why not go ahead and put an estate tax plan in place and asset protection and and and, su- and asset succession, right? Uh, what happens of, uh, you know, when we are hu- all human beings, what happens when we can't make those decisions anymore? What happens, you know, when we pass away unexpectedly? All that is integrated. And uh, number one, it bolsters the effectiveness of, of all the planning. You know, this it's just an income tax plan. That's not as strong as an income tax plan, along with an estate tax plan, along with an asset protection plan, along with a testamentary plan. Just, you know, basic estate planning, who's going who's going to get what and when. So, um, yeah, the. And, and getting getting involved, in having these things, you, your 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 motivation to talk to a firm like us might be, well, I'm tired of paying this annual income tax, or I'm I'm selling my company, so I don't want to, you know, give forty percent of it or something like that to a taxing agency. That might be your motivation, but that's just going to beget the conversation that's going to lead us into, okay, we mitigated that tax for you. It's also we're also taking everything out of the estate tax system. Oh, and by the way, now it's out of the creditor. Uh, system right so it's 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 creditor protected um it's a, we, we take a very integrated approach
1: yeah and I I do the same thing in my practice where we go deeper in the hole and that doesn't just as a side note that doesn't mean it gets complicated as a matter of fact we find ways of uncomplicating these issues but it it what what David does and what of course we do in our practice is we help the business owner, understand the things that they don't even know exist that do exist that could that could really hurt them and the only way to expose that and i think that's what you do dave very well is expose them to certain perils that they're not even aware exist going down that track so the integration from start to finish because you never really finish when you integrate planning Uh, There's always changes, but we're talking about not just a capital tax, but a state tax, what happens if you um, get chronically ill, the whole deal. That's what David's talking about. And I love that approach, David. Um, Unfortunately, we've run out of time. You and I could probably talk about this all day, but uh, I don't think our audience wants to hear it all day. So, um, David, I'm going to put all your contact information uh, in the show notes. Uh, is there anything you would like to leave us with, David, before we go? And, bef- and when I do sign off, Dave, stay, stay on. I just want to cover a couple of notes with you. Uh, anything else
2: you want to discuss before we leave? Uh, no, Tom, I don't think anything, maybe nothing to discuss. You asked me for a final thought and this just came to me. <laughs> um, don't settle when, you, uh, when you're talking about Good, good legal and and professional tax planning. You know, I've heard a million times, well, there's nothing more you can do. That's it. That's just not true. Um, there are professionals out there that love this stuff. That's that spent a lifetime figuring it out and will continue to figure it out for the rest of their lifetime. There are solutions out there. Um, so don't take no for an answer. Just keep just keep looking and find and uh, asking, and you'll find those solutions.
1: And I I would think, Dave, that if someone kind of you tickle their their fancy about talking to you, they can give you a call and kind of introduce themselves
2: and tell them the situation and you can go from there. I love talking to people. I love people, Tom. Yeah. I mean, that's the best part about this practice. Our clients become like family members to us. So yeah, anytime for anything. Honestly, if you want to talk about tax planning, God bless you. We'll do that. Um, If you want to talk about anything family, life, whatever. I love talking to people. So absolutely. Well, thank Dave again. Thanks for
1: coming on and sharing with us your unique and creative approach to planning. Thank you. You're welcome, Tom. Thank you. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like uh, if you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us please email me at t perone that's p e r r o n e at n e c g g i n c.com and if you are a business owner or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it.
0: Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, unlocking your business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necggincinc.com. And on the subject line type DNA, include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.